Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Before we dive into this episode, I had to tell you about something special that I'm doing for the holiday season. I know that sometimes it can be hard to rest and find some routine during the hustle and bustle of this busy time of year. I also know that it can be tough to find a good gift for your friends. You want something to wrap and to give to your best girls, but you're probably already spending a lot on family gifts, travel, and more. So it'd be best if you could keep it under 20 bucks, right? But you and I both know your friend probably doesn't need another candle or bottle of lotion. You know what else makes a great gift? A book. So here's what I'm offering. If you buy at least one copy of my best-selling book, Own Your Everyday, between now and December 31st, either as a gift to yourself or as a gift to your friends, you'll receive free access to my new Own Your Everyday mini course. Inside, you'll learn my exclusive step-by-step strategy to creating a beautiful, manageable, productive calendar structure each and every week. Instead of having one big running to-do list that you probably never finish, this program will show you my exact system of color-coding my time blocks, crushing big daily goals, planning out my weekly meals without an ounce of headache, and so much more, all in less than an hour before you start your week. Say goodbye to the Sunday scaries and say hello to a manageable, practical, beautiful weekly structure that's actually fun to follow and that you can set up in less than an hour. This course will be available to purchase after New Year's Day for around $50, but it's yours free when you order or pick up a copy of Own Your Every Day between now and December 31st from your favorite retailer. And hey, I hear it's on discount at Target and Amazon too. Here's how it works. After purchasing your copy, simply upload a photo or screenshot of your receipt to jordanleedooley.com slash holiday special to get instant access to the Own Your Every Day Crush Your Calendar course. I can't wait to see pictures of how you're owning your every day in 2020. Just grab your copy of the book, upload your receipt to jordanleedooley.com slash holiday special, and I'll see you inside. So I know that it is a busy time of year for so many of us and stress and burnout and overwhelm and all the things can be at such an all-time high. So I thought it would be the perfect time to bring on a gal that I have gotten to know over the last several months. Uh, She was actually a book reader and turned a friend, now podcast interviewee. (laughs) Her name is Liv Mercer and she is a mental health counselor. And today on this episode, I am asking her all the things and we are talking about so many important uh, subjects in this conversation and uh, really addressing some of those challenges that I think we can face when we are in a season of total burnout, stress, anxiety, overwhelm, or all of the above. So I wanted to bring in the expert to really answer your questions and provide a lot of value for you today. So if you're a little overwhelmed, if you're a little tired, if you're struggling in the areas of mental health at all, this is the episode for you. Let's dive in. You're listening to She, with Jordan Lee Dooley, 
a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Liv, welcome to the She Podcast. It is so cool to get to have you on. Thank you. I'm super, super excited to be here. Oh, uh, well, it was super, super fun. We just got to off air. We were talking about how I actually got to meet you at a book tour stop yeah, um, yeah. in Carmel. So that's kind of fun that we've gotten to meet and how you've been both a reader and now you are serving our listeners and readers. So this is like a really neat, I guess, dynamic. It's fun. Yeah, it kind of all just comes full circle. Yeah. And, you know, it just it adds a lot of different layers and a lot of fun, fun dynamics in terms of being able to understand your community from mm. a service standpoint, as well as just being a part of it. Hmm. Have you ever listened to the She Podcast? Oh, yeah. OK, yeah. cool. So you're also a listener. So we get to have a yes. listener on the show who's now yes. turned into a contributor. Amazing. Yes. I've been wanting to do that. I don't know if I actually didn't say this off air, but that's something that I really wanted to do more of. Like I was even telling Matt, how cool would it be if we could have call in someday like or yeah. have something? Because I get so many questions and I'm like, it'd be really fun to just like rapid fire answer three phone calls mm-hmm. or something at the end of an episode. So maybe yeah, someday. Like, <laughs> like back during radio season yes. when they say like, okay, we'll have callers and you can ask your questions. Like that would be such a fun show. Yeah. If you could do that, like once a week, once a month, I don't know, but that would be awesome. It would be (laughs) really fun. And I feel like we just have to figure out the right way to do it, but I think it could definitely be cool. But this is kind of the first, I guess, experience with, with having a listener turned now leader on the show. So we'll see, we'll see. It's really cool to have you on. But, um, all that to say, I really, when, when my podcast manager, had mentioned that you were, you know, going to be on the show. I was really excited because we have something in common. And that is that even though you didn't go to IU, you work at IU, which is Indiana University for any of our outer staters who don't know what I'm talking about. Um, and being an uh, Indiana alum and grad, I was like, oh my gosh, fellow Hoosier. Absolutely. And the fact that you are <laughs> serving people there is amazing. So you work there now as a mental health counselor. Did you always know that you wanted to be a counselor or did you always know that you wanted to work with college students? Like, how did that come about? So that the answer to this question has a lot of different folds to it. So just bear with me. Um, long before I actually ever wanted to be a counselor, I wanted to be a writer. Okay. Like that was, that was my go-to thing. I distinctively remember growing up, like this was back before DVD players could be in vehicles. So my dad would tell us stories on long drives. Like he had this story series that he would tell called bad Billy breakout. And (laughs) Honestly, like one part was about how Billy was able to break out of prison. And then the next one was about a crime. And it was like a mystery. And my sister and I would have to come up with it. So I was just always engaging with writing, with creativity. I actually wrote for my hometown newspaper for about three years. And then I wrote all throughout college as a viewpoint columnist for my university newspaper. And I was just like, yeah, this is what I want to be. But Hmm. I really knew that I wanted to write print Like I wanted to Mm -hmm. like have something that was like physically printed. Like I wanted to write for newspapers. I wanted to write in an actual book. And I feel like we're moving so much further away from that. Mm -hmm. And in terms of what I value and the fact that I really wanted sustainability in my career, 
was like, okay, well, maybe I need to think about other things. And around that time, it was my sophomore year of high school. My parents actually went through a really challenging divorce. Mm -hmm. And I remember just supporting my mom through that. And there was a point when she looked at me and she said, Liv, you'd be really good at this. Like, I Mm -hmm. really think that you should look into counseling. And I said, yeah, okay, we'll see. I still want to be a writer. I still toured schools with the intent to pursue journalism. And then I remember choosing to take an advanced placement psych course my senior year. And it was that annoying girl. Like Mm. I I could not get enough of it. I asked so many questions. I got all of those dirty glances like, oh my gosh, let's move on from this topic. But that to me really proved Mm. that I was very interested in this topic. And it was feedback that I had not only gotten from my mom, but from other friends and many other people in my life that I was kind of the go-to girl when they needed advice or when they needed needed support and encouragement. So I ultimately chose it chose when I sought my undergrad to do both. I was like, okay, I'm going to pursue psych and I'm going to pursue English. So one day I can write about the counseling work mm-hmm. that I do. Mm-hmm. And, and eventually I ended up just choosing to drop my English degree. Cause I was like, I, I don't need a second degree to one day be a writer. Right. There are plenty of people out there writing without a degree. So why would I do this? Yep. Um, and anyways, yeah, flash forward however many years to right now, it wasn't up until very recently that I recognized that I didn't have a creative outlet. Like even when I was um, in grad school, obviously I was like writing in some capacity. Mm. And through that experience, like I also had some really great teaching opportunities, which allowed me to be creative. Mm. And then I coached a high school dance team, which obviously has so much creativity to that. And it's like writing, but in a very, very different way. Like it still Mm. allowed me to have some of my creative juices flowing. And then that, you know, had kind of completely gone away and we can talk a little bit more about this later. I don't want to get too crazy with it, but I think having that realization come full circle, recognizing that, Hey, I let go of this part of me Mm -hmm. and I might've had that creativity fulfilled in some way, but now I've been going on my third year without that. Mm -hmm. I need, like, I need to bring that back through. Mm -hmm. I need to find a way to re to re-pinpoint that because that's a very special passion point of mine. Mm. And I think if I don't honor that, it caught like it can cause a lot of burnout and it mm. can lead to just fully like putting yourself. I know you talk a lot about genius zones mm-hmm. and passion points and things like that. And I think that's been something that I've been learning to reconcile with myself. So, mm. I mean, that's ultimately how I became a counselor. I know in terms of college students, it really wasn't until my second semester of graduate school, actually the counselor from my university at that time came in and spoke to us and was like, I want to do that. Mm. Like it's such a unique time in people's lives Mm. and to be at the intersection of identity development, career development, mental health, the first time that you're on your own, the expectations of what college should look like, the pressure to prove, like moving away from home, all of these different things combined to be able to be there is a vital asset Mm. and a source of support for those students is really rewarding. And that's, you know, just ultimately become a big passion of mine too, which is why I chose to pursue college students, but it didn't, it didn't try out that way. I mean, it, it didn't start out. Like I thought kids for a while, I thought 
inpatient. I thought this, it wasn't until I, it was really like placed in front of me and I just kind of went for it. Then mm. I realized how much that truly served me. Hmm. I love that. I love that you um, have kind of these two passions that I think sometimes we think like it's one or the other, like either you're a writer mm-hmm. or you're a counselor. And I always laugh because I'm like, I think sometimes when you write, even though even like for me, I'm not a counselor, I don't have that qualification. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people are like, you're like my mentor, you're like my counselor. And like, to some degree, I think you still counsel people through that. And so it's kind of neat yep. how this experience that you have is probably in many ways going to set you up to actually have um, tangible, transformative content to write about. And again, I I always kind of take the position of like, unless you need, like, this is something that I learned, unless you need a very specific, um, certification or training, like with counseling or being a doctor or these things, sometimes having a degree in that isn't really necessary. You actually will probably learn more by doing. Um, and that's a big lesson that I've learned. And so in that space of like, I always say that college students and, you know, the awkward post-grad years, you know, those are like years of unfigured out dreams, learning how to adult, like you said, leadership development, career development, identity development, like that really is such a pivotal time. And so I love that you have stepped into this really tangible role of being a uh, kind of a pivotal, um, probably a very pivotal person in their lives and offering that guidance and helping them through their mental health and their growth and their development and all those things. While also, I think, gaining probably a ton of skills and knowledge and maybe even more of a degree in air quotes. Um, when it comes to what you can write and teach about, because mm-hmm. if I've learned anything in being in the online space in being a writer and being a content creator in any way, there's, it took a lot, a, lo- a lot of years for me to really kind of like get into the space of writing what I've kind of become an expert on. And usually you are an expert in what you have the most experience with. And so, um, you know, learning, like you said, writing on genius own, writing on career development, like those are really tangible things. And I think sometimes when we think like, I want to be a writer, we think in our brains before we really know what it takes, that we just want to inspire people, that we just want to inspire everybody, or we want to write inspirational content. But what I've found is when you can learn, uh, when you find like a genius zone in a lane and you can actually teach and equip and create transform of content that teaches tangibles that you have true experience with, um, that's when your writing begins to really, I think, grow and impact in the way that it was supposed to be. But you probably wouldn't have been able to do that without this experience. So it's cool how like maybe you thought you were foregoing that or letting it go or whatever to step into this. But I think it's really going to inform that. And I think that's really powerful to hear for anyone who might be having a similar experience. For sure. And I think you bring up a good point. Like we as human beings naturally do this thing where we think very black and white, Mm. very all or nothing. Like I can only be a writer in this way. And if I can't do that, then I can't be that at all. Mm -hmm. We're like, I can only help people by becoming a nurse. No, like it's about, it's about finding what that common theme is. Like what, what is that thing? Do you want to inspire? Do you want to teach? Do you want to empower? Do you want to support? Do you want to encourage? And once you can find that theme, Hmm. it's about trying out different, you know, about trying out different hats, about working to find that gray space. Like I always bring that up in my work with my clients because I say, well, let's try what I call gray living in air quotes, Hmm. (laughs) if that makes sense. So let's find what's in the middle because Hmm. right now this idea of all or nothing black and white isn't serving us. It's not helping us. It's just adding additional pressure. It's 
providing the likelihood that we're going to compare and that we're going to over-personalize if something doesn't work. Mm. And maybe it's not supposed to work and that's okay too. Hmm. So true. I've had to learn. I think that's one big thing you learn as you're developing your own career, but also I think just growing as a human being, um, learning to let go of things that don't work either in that they don't work for you or they don't work for others. And that doesn't mean Mm -hmm. I actually, you know, I have a tough, like I struggle with this and I'm actually curious what your input is because Um, I read this not too long ago from a friend and it's literally like she articulated what was in my brain. And she basically said something like, I don't really love the phrase, like, just let go of things that no longer serve you, because to some degree in life, like there are going to be things that don't necessarily serve you. And that's called sacrifice. And from sacrifice comes growth. So it's like, what's Mm -hmm. the balance there? You know what I mean? Like knowing when it's no longer serving you, but maybe you need to sacrifice or, you know, like work hard to power through and persevere or when it's like truly time to let go when it's not working. And I think that's a hard judgment call because I think we just blanket statement like, oh, if it's not serving you, don't do it. If it doesn't make you happy, don't do it. And it's like, "Mm, that's not always the best life advice. But at the same time, there's a lot of truth in that too. If you're like forcing something or, you know, you feel like something really isn't working and it's actually creating like an unhealthy mental state for you, if it's hurting your mental health or if it's, um, you know, causing you to, you know, I guess if it's harmful in that regard, like beyond just it's hard or it's challenging, but it truly is like you're hitting brick wall after brick wall after brick wall. Um, at what point comes the time of like, okay, I love that you said gray space. Cause it might be like, maybe you don't fully just like abandon it right away, cold Turkey, but maybe you slowly begin to back away, get back into that in between and start latching into a new space or walking or trying something new so that you're mm-hmm. doing it in a healthy way rather than like, okay, black, white, cold Turkey, good, bad. You know, it's like, sometimes yeah. it's like, it might not be bad. It just might not be the best thing for you. And so how do you sure, sure. healthily and wisely make that shift? So my go-to response to that is always about identifying what you value. Mm. Like what are, what are your value pillars? Like Mm. who do you want to be as a person? What do you want your life to look like? How do you want to be remembered? Mm. And most people get values and goals very confused. Mm. Like a goal is finishing school, but a value is education. Mm. Do you kind of get what I mean? Totally. So I think what's really important and what I'll encourage people to do is like, let's sit down and let's identify the value. So if the value is, is education and let's say I know that I really value education and the way that I want to move the needle towards that value is by pursuing a graduate degree. Mm. And so with that, knowing that that's a value, I want to ask myself, okay, so I know that there are going to be barriers, right? Because mm-hmm. the path, people get confused that the path to pursuing values is going to be clear cut and easy and it's not. Mm-hmm. And so it's often about recognizing, okay, so then what are these certain barriers that I can anticipate and like, what can I withhold without it deterring me from meeting that value? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So it's like, if I value this and I know that that's a primary pillar, maybe the way in which I'm trying to fulfill that value isn't right for me. Hmm. So maybe I'm not abandoning my value, but I'm saying I want to press pause on this for a second and I want to try something out. I want to see if this is truly a square peg round hole sort of a thing, or if this is I just need to try and make something fit through time and through growth and Mm. through perseverance. Mm. I don't know. I hope that that kind of makes sense. That's super helpful. I think that's a good distinction because I think we, that's why I said, like, I don't know if I agree with the full blanket statement because it may not be serving you today, even though it's you, like you said, it's not always going to be easy, right? Like there's to Mm -hmm. pursue your values and that kind of thing, like you just said, and develop those even like really make them 
uh, I guess, uh, alive and in practice in your life, it's like you might come up against resistance. Like that's part of life. And I think sometimes yep. we face resistance. We're like, oh, it's not working. I got to go somewhere else. It's like, well, you actually just let go of the ability to pursue your value. So some or what your value, what you say you value. So I love that you suggest to start there because it helps differentiate how to really look at that and to instead of blanket statement one way or the other actually begin to there's so much more analysis I think that goes into really any of these things I think there's so many Mm -hmm. inspiring quotes that sound really good kind of tossed around in the internet but it's like hold on let's not like blanket statement that for everyone because we need to get a little bit we need to dig into that more to really actually decide how if that's how it's supposed to be reflected in our lives so I think that's really good I'm curious though you know, as we're talking about making these shifts or these transitions or learning how to realign or align with our values once we decide what those are and really focus in on those. Um, you were talking about transitioning, you know, obviously from one field to another. Mm-hmm. Was that a difficult transition for you or like what? I mean, you kind of started to share what went into making those decisions. But can you share a little bit about was that a difficult? Did it seem really easy? Was it like simple for you to let go? I just kind of want to know because I feel like a lot of people might be in a similar space or a similar place. For sure. I think um, at that time, like back when I was a fresh, you know, a freshman in college and I had this realization like, okay, I don't need to pursue an English degree to one day also write about psychology and counseling. Mm. Like in some ways it was a little bit hard to let go of. I also would say that part of that is because I'm a very competitive person and I'm kind of stubborn too. So I had to really pull back from this idea that I wasn't giving up. I was just choosing to pivot and to press pause. Mm -hmm. Kind of like we were talking about before, I wasn't saying, no, I don't want this in my life. I was just saying, maybe I can have this in my life in a different way. And once I was able to reconcile that, that was helpful for me. I think my biggest struggle was actually when I recognized that it wasn't there. Like when I, when I finally chose to look inward this past year and say like, okay, Liv, why, why are you feeling down and out about this? Like what is going on? I mean, transparently, it was a very, very challenging academic year. I mean, it's the world of mental health is very wonderfully becoming destigmatized. Mm-hmm. And again, that's everything that we can hope for. Right. But that means that demands increase. Right. And when demands increase, somebody has to meet those needs. And I'm one of those somebodies. Mm-hmm. And so that meant it was just do more, do more, do more in a job that is in my belief, far more about quality than it is about quantity. Hmm. And so when I was like, just being like pounded into that one lane and shut off from these other things that really fill my, my cup, fill my bucket, I, I felt very burnt out very quickly Hmm. and I couldn't quite figure out what was going on. And again, I'm pretty competitive. So I just put my head down. I was like, I'm going to barrel through this. I've just got to get to Christmas. Hmm. And then when I got to Christmas, it was okay. I just got to get to spring break. And I remember on spring break, reading a bunch of personal development books, of course. And there was a chapter of high performance habits by Brendan Burchard about seeking clarity. And that was the most clarifying experience for me because I was like, Oh my goodness, you are not interacting with your values. Mm. You're not like, you're not engaging with a, the person that you want to be or with this life that you want to lead. So what's missing? And I always encourage my clients to ask themselves like, like kind of value check-ins. And it's sometimes time for me to take a little taste of my own medicine. Mm -hmm. So I did that. You know, I asked myself two important questions. I said, what do I need more of right now? And what do I need less of? Hmm. 
and then from there deciphered what's within my line of control. Because we as human beings like to spend a lot of time trying to control the things that we can't and we miss being able to control the things that we can. And through that, I was able to, you know, really reconcile that a lot of this was because I didn't have a creative outlet. You know, there was there were some other things kind of coming up into the mix, wanting to like just assess my boundaries, assess, you know, my values as a person. But a lot of that stemmed from not having a space for creativity. And so being able to recognize that was both relieving, but also challenging at the same time. Cause you're like, Oh my gosh, well maybe I went into the wrong field and, you know, list every type of catastrophic mm-hmm. thought process that mm-hmm. goes into it, but having to like slow down, take my time and go, okay, well let's just look at this for what this is. Let's yep. look at this as information mm-hmm. and let's choose to do something with what we can. A special thanks to Grove for sponsoring this episode. Grove Collaborative is an online marketplace that delivers natural cleaning, beauty, and personal care products directly to your door. Grove makes finding healthy, affordable, effective products easy and convenient. Everything Grove carries is safer for you, better for the planet, and really works. In place of harsh chemicals are natural ingredients that smell fresh and leave your home sparkling. And I can say from personal experience, that is true. The holidays are here, and that can mean extra messes in your home. But Grove has amazing, limited-time, festive scents to make your house clean and smell amazing. Get your home ready for the holidays with a free cleaning set. You can choose from three limited-edition scents from Mrs. Meyers like Peppermint, Orange Clove, and Iowa Pine. You can relax this holiday season knowing Grove's got your back. Save time and money by shopping with Grove and order all of your holiday essentials in one place. So for a limited time, when my listeners go to grove.co slash she, you will get a free five-piece gift set from Mrs. Myers and festive holiday scents like peppermint or Iowa pine. Go to grove.co slash she to get this exclusive holiday offer. Again, that's grove.co slash she. With two little kids, I do most of my shopping online now, but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because I never know if I'm getting good quality until it arrives. The game changer, upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality, luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag. And I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. And like, these are incredible. (laughs) Indulge in affordable luxury by going to quince.com slash she for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash she to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she. You can make money the hard way becoming a bullfighter or save money the easy way with Xfinity Mobile. It sure beats making money as a human cannonball. Now through March 21st, learn how existing Xfinity customers can get a free line of unlimited intro for a year when they buy one unlimited line. 
That's hundreds of dollars in savings on your wireless bill. Visit XfinityMobile.com today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Reduced speeds after 20 gigabytes of usage per line. Data thresholds may vary. Thrive Market is a go-to for all your grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you can use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. And when you shop Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join and they give. I use Thrive Market every single month. I get our dish detergent, dish soap, and various other just basic household essentials that are low-tox and non-tox ingredients. And it is the easiest way to get all of my favorite clean items sent right to my door at an affordable price, I should add. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she. Thrivemarket.com slash she. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. I love that you said that to, well, so the three questions were, what do I need more of? What do I need less of? And what's in my line of control? Correct? Correct. Okay. Yep. I need to ask myself those questions. <laughs> I feel like I subconsciously did. I felt like I've really been in a season of really owning that in some ways. Maybe that, that wasn't exactly how I worded them, but it was almost like, what is actually healthy here? What is not? What do I need to change? And what actually can I change? So that's kind of a similar mm-hmm. way of asking the same questions. But I love that you boiled it down to that. And I also love that you said, let's just look at it for what it is, because I think we attach our emotions and our heart and our personal interest into something so much. And mm-hmm. then you add on like, what does everyone else want too, right? Like, what does everyone else expect me to do? Or what need do I need to serve? Or what am I supposed to be doing? And as a, a passionate, big hearted person, like you said, you almost like, okay, it was the demand is up. And so I'm like leaning into this so heavily and I just need to get to Christmas. And it's like, that's actually probably not the mentality that's going to be the best way you can actually serve the people who are coming to you. And so, you know, I love that you said like getting to that place of, hold on, let me like almost, I don't know if like objectify it is the word, but almost like take the emotion out of it and like look at it in black and white and go, okay, this is information. I need to take myself out of it to actually get to the clear outcome or the clear next step. I think that's where so many of us maybe get stuck and you can probably speak Mm -hmm. into this, but I feel like that's kind of an obstacle for so many is almost there's like, I don't know if you've been like this, but I know I have where there's so many times where I have coached women in their small businesses or, you know, others who are aspiring to be authors or um, just women in general trying to figure out their next step. And it's like so stinking clear to me. I'm like, okay, well, clearly you need to close this Facebook group and you need to be okay with upsetting some people and you need to do this and you need to do that. And it's like so obvious black and white when I can look at their situation. Then I look at my own and I'm like, oh, but like, I can't do that. (laughs) And it's the same thing. I think it's because you are so personally attached to it that almost 
taking yourself out of the situation and almost pretending maybe that it's someone else's or it's just black and white on paper and go, what would be the clear path if I didn't have my heart and my concern and my personal, you know, emotion wrapped up in this? What would be the advice that I would give or the step that I would take? And then actually acting accordingly, preparing for possible resistance or possible, um, you know, feedback that isn't as healthy or, or not healthy is, um, what maybe what you wanted, or maybe the challenge that could come with doing that, but also the freedom and the, and the health that comes with that too. Would you agree? Absolutely. And you're, you're 100% right. I mean, that's what, what makes counseling so effective is there's a difference between thinking all of these things in your head and either putting them on paper or saying them out loud, Mm -hmm. because once you do that, you make them into an object. Like there's so many times when I'll have someone in my office and then they'll finally say the thought and they'll go, oh my gosh, that sounds crazy. Or that sounds way more dramatic than it actually is. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't feel that way when it's in our head. Mm -hmm. Totally. Because we can just snowball it. And you're right. It's very hard and it's very hard when it's us. And I think too, we often become very overwhelmed. And then when we're overwhelmed, it's like, okay, well, I want to figure this out more. Mm-hmm. And we're just causing, I call it like the metaphorical house to burn harder. Well, you're not going to find your tool in your toolbox if your building is full of flames. Right. You're not going to. So let's pause. Let's take a second for that to dive down. Let's let this soot cool and let's actually look at what's here hmm. because we're not going to be able to get anything done before then. It's it's not going to feel helpful either. And mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest thing is, is this going to help me? And if the answer is no, then let's pause and let's wait until it, until it does. Mm-hmm. And you're right. It's just, it's so much harder to see it when it's you. It's like, any, you know, anything else in this life, it's, it's hard to see that. And it's often hard to take our own advice, but sometimes our own advice is the advice that we're needing the most. Mm-hmm so true Ugh, it's so true it's like take your own advice so much easier said than done I've been really trying to own that this year I feel like that's something that I've been able to encourage so many people in but then I'm really living it even at the expense of like there, you know I think it comes with a cost too like whether it's resistance or uncertainty or you know but that's like also where growth comes so I'm mm-hmm. I love that um speaking of kind of owning it I think this is a really good spot for me to ask this question I you've you've said before own your path own your present own your future And Mm -hmm. I love that. But what's a tangible way? Like, can you explain that a little bit more and maybe even go into like, what's a tangible way to foster a relationship with yourself every single day? Because I feel like those three things, like that's like touch points for yourself, it sounds like, and Mm -hmm. really taking ownership Mm -hmm. of those, those areas. So can you just dive into that a little? For sure. So the first is, um, own your past. And the reason that I, I really say that as a lot of times students come in my office and I can even say the same for myself when it comes to past hardships, people will say, yeah, I know that I have blank issues, but I just want to leave it. I just want to forget about it. Mm. And they want to like, if we're talking about baggage and I'm going to speak about baggage in the literal sense, like if you are thinking about baggage and you haven't looked at it, the way that it is following you around right now is in a tattered, way too small suitcase where stuff is falling out everywhere wheels are probably broken and it's not easy to carry. Hmm. And you're wanting to like literally just drop that off at a train station and ship it to Timbuktu. Hmm. And that would be great. I wish that that was a possibility, but that would require us to rewrite the past. 
Hmm. And that's not that's not quite a possibility. So what I mean by own our present, and if we take this very literal metaphor, what I mean is like, let's take that baggage that's clearly not serving you. And instead of trying to avoid it, let's process it. Let's look at it. Let's understand it for what it is and repack it up into something that's more functional. Hmm. Like I want my baggage to be hard sided. And I want four wheels Mm. and I, maybe I also want it to be like luggage with a charging station. I don't know, Mm -hmm. but I want it to be something that is more functional for me. And through that experience, I want to understand it. Mm. I want to understand how that makes me, me, how that is going to trigger me and how that is going to impact the way in which I engage in my environment. So if I am very, because of these experiences, I'm easily triggered when I don't feel heard. I know that about myself now. Hmm. And now that I've owned that, now that I've recognized that, I can say, okay, what are situations that will trigger me in that space? And what am I needing? Hmm. And that's, that's so good. And I feel like what you're kind of saying too is it's at like the whole word use, like it's more functional. It's like, how are exactly. you, how can you best use it? And how is it going to be most useful to where you need to go in your life? Exactly. How is this, how can I view this as something that can help me? You know, Mm. just from from a foundational standpoint, like help me understand me Mm. because these experiences have shaped me and I'd like to understand how they've shaped me. And I'd like to understand if maybe there are ways that I can process it that can even shape me differently. But I ultimately want to have this understanding so I know how it's going to come up in my life. Mm. How I know I'm going to be triggered. Hmm. And so I have to own that because it's going to follow me. Even if I ship it off to Timbuktu, it will come back and it will find its way to me because Mm -hmm. that's what baggage is. That's a part of my past. Hmm. So why not package it up in a way that feels more functional? Hmm. So I can look at it and go, yes, I know that you will impact me. And here is my game plan for when that happens. Hmm. That's so good. It's such a good metaphor, too. I think when we can visualize what's actually going on in our lives, there's some different way we actually can take ownership of it when you can articulate what it really looks like and what it really is if you were you know tangibly able to touch it and I think that's what's hard when it comes to things like mental health and growth and like you said like identity development and all those things um I think the challenge there is often that feeling of it's almost it feels intangible yet it's so powerful and such a force in our life and it's like right there you can feel it you know it's kind of in the back you know the back in the background and you've kind of just shoved it but it's still very present whether or not it's something you can touch and so kind of giving it a visual like that I think is so powerful and Mm -hmm. effective in that way and I'm curious I think there was another visual you had touched on uh, that I've seen where you talked about the difference between putting out a fire rather Mm -hmm. than building a house Can you kind of explain that too? Because I think these metaphors are so helpful in terms of mental health and personal growth. Yeah. So I talk, the big metaphor is about the house is burning down. So if you imagine that you are inside of a house and like, let's say you left a candle on and you wake up and it is like, if, if anyone's watched, this is us style. It's like, this is us. (laughs) The whole house is burning down. That's what a lot of people experience. Like when they come into my office or when they're feeling really overwhelmed, it's like, I don't know what's wrong but everything is terrible. Hmm. Like I'm the most anxious that I've ever been. And so in that regard, the primary concern is like, let's put these flames out. Hmm. And I want, and like through that metaphor, what I'm trying to explain is like, okay, yes, we want to put these flames out, but I also want to help you understand that when your house is burning down, it's not helpful to put the pressure on you that you quote unquote should have the tools well, you can't see your toolbox in the fire, right? right? You can't see that. 
So let's let's not put that type of pressure on ourselves when that's not fair. Because again, very literally, if the toolbox is downstairs and you are upstairs in your bedroom during a fire, you are not trying to get that. You are trying to figure out how to get out and mm. you will come back and get that toolbox later. Hmm. Right. 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 So in that perspective, it's yes, let's put these flames out. But the big thing that I think people forget is we want to come back and we want to figure out why that fire started. Hmm. And we want to figure out what other fires could start. Hmm. What would cause you to neglect a candle and forget about it? Hmm. What would cause that candle to spark flame to something else? Hmm. Because we didn't just go from point A to point B. And most people think that. Most people think it's just like I woke up one day and the fire was here. But fires start. Hmm. You know, there's one thing that leads to another and it leads to this. And then it ends with the burning building. So we need to go back and we need to look at that just like in the way that we want to look at our baggage. Because we want to understand why that fire started in the first place. Hmm. So good. We want to do both. Yes, we have to be reactive. We have to solve the acute concerns right now. Mm-hmm. But instead of just saying, hallelujah, good, I'm done. The fire, you know, going through this very excited period because you feel better. I, we want to do the sustainable preventative work too. Hmm. So would we you wanted- say the preventative work is kind of after you've reacted and I guess addressed what's happening in the moment? i.e. the house is burning, like something is wrong. I don't even really know why. I don't know what caused it. Finding a clear pathway to get out of that is kind of the reactive motion, right? It's like, okay, I'm going to get the help or I'm going to talk to a friend or I'm going to do the thing I need to do. And I guess outside of the metaphor, what would you say if someone's in that position where they feel like what you just described when someone sits down in your office or feels like the house is burning Mm -hmm. and they don't really know why, what is, they might not have the toolkit to actually prevent it and to actually, you know, feel more equipped to, to handle or solve that going forward yet. Um, Mm -hmm. but speaking into the reactive, what would be your suggestion to what does that actually look like when you feel that mint, when it comes to your mental health or your, um, your life, when everything is so overwhelming and you feel like everything's on fire, how do you get out of that? What's the like one, like, how do you find your path out from your bed to being outside (laughs) in terms Mm -hmm. of like outside of the Mm -hmm. metaphor? So, you know, I think this looks very different for a lot of people, but to make it very tangible, like think about those times when you've just been really mad or really upset or really anxious. And then you sit down with a girlfriend or with your mom or someone close to you and you just like word vomit it all out. Mm. And you're just like, you're giving yourself space to be, to catastrophize, to like, to just be unapologetic and just spit Mm. it all out. Mm Mm-hmm. And you've just put everything out on the table. That That is one of the ways in which I think people get out of that fire. Because they're like, I'm just, I've got to like throw this all out. And mm. then usually like that might happen for me in therapy over the course of several sessions. That might happen over the course of one. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not quite sure because that looks very unique for each person. But from there, usually if you've experienced this before, I know I have when I've sat down and I've just word vomited for the last two hours, everything that's bothering me, I'm usually like, okay, I feel better. Mm -hmm. And then I go back and I keep talking about it. But now I'm talking about it differently. Hmm. Now I'm talking about it like, okay, so now, now that I've put it out there, I can see it like this. And I can solve it (laughs) or I'm more equipped to solve it. Exactly. Hmm. Or, you know, you just then see things differently because you've like allowed yourself the space to experience all of that emotion. You put it out there in the exact way, you know, that you were needing in that moment. Mm -hmm. And now you're like, great, it's on the table. So 
I'm now going to kind of sort through this Mm -hmm. stuff. So good. I remember there's been times, um, that so my my mom's kind of one of my go-tos like you know how you have your circle of people that are like Mm -hmm. hopefully and if you don't like get your circle people or that's what I think is so powerful about therapists too um like in marriage we have marriage counselors that we see you know we see them monthly but that's just like so powerful for us to have a go-to um to kind of just get out what's in our heads about like what's going well what's not going so well you know all the things um but I remember when in my own personal life especially like when I was growing up and and especially in college my mom was kind of a go-to person to call when I felt that like the house is burning down I'm overwhelmed and like everything's Mm -hmm. wrong and um I would call her and I would explain this situation really that most of the time wasn't that earth shattering but to me it really I I perceived it to be and it was like the end of the world and she was you know she's my mom's like the most calm and she's so good at problem solving that Mm -hmm. that's why I call her because she's so good at problem solving so she'd be like okay well let's break this down and let's give you three steps and she would start working through it and I was like mom 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 I just need you to be mad with me right now (laughs) I was like I just need you to like validate what I'm feeling like let's problem solve in an hour or tomorrow or whatever right now I just need you to be mad she's like oh okay okay we're mad now I'm mad I'm really ticked you know and she would like role play with me but I needed that I needed to be able to just feel what I was feeling, whether or not it was legit to validate like, okay, these feelings are real. And this is how I'm perceiving a situation. And I'm not ready to actually be proactive and problem solve and start finding the hose or whatever. I just need to get out of it. And I need to get out of my head. And so that yeah. was always step one. And I love that you shared that because I think it's simple and it's something any of us can do. Like we don't need to, you know, have any kind of expertise. It just takes the courage to sit down and do it and to also articulate your needs. Like I think with my mom, yeah. She was always so willing to help me and to help problem solve. And she always did so, so effectively. But I had to then I, I would get more frustrated. And I realized, you know, if I just articulate like, hey, can you just hear me and just kind of feel this with me or just validate it for like the next 20 minutes and then we can go into problem solving mode that once I articulated was really game changing for for me. Oh my gosh. And I'm like sitting over here nodding and laughing kind of silently because my mom is the exact same way. Mm. Like she's, she's total problem solver. And so you're right. Like I would become frustrated sometimes and then she would become frustrated with me. She's like, well, did you call me for advice? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, I guess not. I think I actually just, I called you to vent Mm -hmm. and you know, interpersonally too. Like if you're the person on the opposite side of that, Mm -hmm. if you're, if you're the mom or if you're the friend or you're the person who is going to hear that, to help this person get out of their, their burning building, don't forget that you can also ask a question like before we even get started, what do you need from me? Mm Mm-hmm. Like I do that as a counselor and I do that as a friend too, Mm. because that sets me up to know, am I problem solving? Mm -hmm. Am I being mad with you? Mm -hmm. Am I being upset? Do you need me to hug you? Do you Mm -hmm. like, what are you needing? Because I want to give that to you. Mm -hmm. So you're not leaving this situation feeling worse because you didn't have those. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Because you didn't have those needs met. So And sometimes, too, I think it's hard if we haven't quite identified or done some of this work. It can be really hard to know what we're needing. We just often know we don't need that, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Totally. Um, You know, so I also encourage people like try some, you know, try some things out. Let someone know that, like try a couple of things, see what's right. You might not know right away, but that's okay. Mm -hmm. We want to figure out what you know, what works for you. And also just being on the receiving end, I think it helps just know what the game plan is of the conversation by asking that question or by giving that answer. If you are that person who's needing something. Hmm. So good. I, I think that really helps too, to give 
um, tangibles to someone who's on the receiving end because we can find ourselves in the same position one like mm-hmm. one day we can be the need or the one who's provide you know serving the need and kind of the go to and the next day we can be the person who's like wait crap my house is on fire you know like yeah I think it's just important to remember from both perspectives because it takes it's kind of a there's two roles here so really helpful. For sure. I guess um, the last thing I kind of want to ask is it's a little bit different, but I think this, I guess, aligned with this idea of like frustrations. And even I think I love that you shared a little bit of your career journey too. like you almost feeling burnt out and feeling like, okay, I need Mm -hmm. a creative outlet or like I want to include this passion again. And maybe it wasn't the way I expected it to be, but I need to figure out how to incorporate it so that. I can be healthier mentally so I can serve these people better so that I can show up and do what I made to do. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, what would you tell someone who is trying, who's also trying to incorporate their passion into their everyday life or their current career, even if that doesn't look like doing it full time or as a job at the moment? I think, oh, that's like, that's a tough question. Cause again, I think that that looks a little bit different for everybody. Mm-hmm. And I think that also is going to look different depending upon what season of life you're in. Um, And so, again, I think that brings me all the way back to wanting to honor that black and white mindset that we typically get in. Mm. Because, again, if you recognize, okay, I have this passion of mine that's not being fulfilled right now Mm. and that you have a very specific way in which you want that to be fulfilled, but you can't do that you're not going to feel any better. You're going to feel worse Hmm. because you're going to feel like, well, I can't do that thing at 100%. And so what I would challenge people to do is to honor that awareness for what it is like, okay, yes. You know, maybe I just became aware that I want to write a book, but I can't write a book right now because I, you know, I'm a new mother or Mm -hmm. I'm entering my hardest semester of classes Mm -hmm. or I need to work full time so I can pay for school. So that's just not possible. Mm -hmm. Well, instead of ditching that thing, ask yourself, what can I do that brings me 1% closer Mm. to doing that thing? Mm. How do I do at least 1% of that? How do I do 10% Mm. instead of saying, okay, I can't do that all the way. So I'm jumping ship. Mm. I love that. I love that. And just being able to like being able to honor that and being able to honor that there that we forget that even just 1% mm-hmm. is so much more than nothing. Hmm. It's so much more than nothing. Like when I opened myself up to like writing, create, like writing creatively, like changing my Instagram to mm-hmm. being a little bit more focused on sharing mental health content. Mm-hmm. Though like, yes, it would be great if one day I could write a book and I could do all of this stuff. And like, of course I have big, crazy, wonderful, audacious dreams. As you should. Right. <laughs> But right now, I know that in the season that I'm in, I know that with the job that I want to continue to uphold with the season of the academic year, Mm -hmm. being as busy as it is, achieving those things in that exact way isn't impossible forever. Mm -hmm. But I can't totally jump ship to that right now. So Mm -hmm. instead of abandoning it, Mm -hmm. I want to ask myself, okay, well, what gets me closer? And for me, it was just like, I want to show up once a week on Instagram and write creatively with something that's on my heart. Hmm. I love how simple that is too, because that's something that's available to you. And I know you said you read or you listened to Own Your Everyday as a po- yep. as an audiobook. And the reason I bring that up is because it reminds me of my, I made a little phrase. It's that, like when you're trying, when you want to try something new where there's something that you really want to do, but it feels out of reach or you feel 
feel not ready for it or it feels like it's not the time or you're just really unsure. I said, instead of feeling like, I feel like everywhere we look and feel free to speak into this, but I feel like from just like a messaging standpoint, especially on the internet and what's like trendy in media and in the motivational personal development space, it's like massive action, big go, like go for it, big action, massive action. And I think to some degree, there's like, sometimes you do just need to take some big action. However, I'm like, I think that creates a pressure because if we're not in a season where we can just full blown go for it, we just like, like you said, ditch it, you know, and it's like, maybe that's Mm -hmm. not the answer either. And so, like you said, operating in that gray space, my kind of solution to that was something I called incremental, implementable, imperfect action. And the reason those three things are so powerful is because incremental, like you said, it's like if you can get one percent closer and just begin to slowly make that shift or slowly introduce it so that you don't fully 100 percent let it go, it's going to maybe turn into two and then three and then four percent. And next thing you know, you're going to be at 30 percent. Like, wait a second. I've been creating this mental health content online and now I have like a mental health blog and now I have a publisher reaching out to me, but it all happened over two years or three. Like it doesn't have to happen immediately. And Mm -hmm. you know, I think in that regard, like the incremental piece is so big because I mean, that was really how I started when I was in college. I knew I was like, I don't really love my degree. And I know that I want to do something more creative. And I'm, I have always had such an entrepreneurial spirit and that's taken many different like forms over the last several years. But when I first started, I was like, well, I don't really know what I want to build a business on per se. I don't even really know what I want to do yet, but I'm just going to start trying some things. And I went to Hobby Lobby and got a canvas and drew on it and sold it. Like that's actually a very incremental thing. It wasn't like I was a bit, like, I wasn't planning on doing it full time. I wasn't neglecting my major or my degree or like, dropping mm-hmm. it. I was just like, all right, this is a little incremental step that I have the means, the resources, and a little bit of time to implement right now on, you know, a casual Saturday afternoon when I have some time to doodle on this thing. Right. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like this massive action and like I'm dropping school and, you know, and some people do that. Sometimes you do have to take those risks, but I think we, there's also wisdom in those incremental, like 1% of it, you know, growth in that way. And I feel like I've even experienced that now in pivots that I've wanted to make in my career. I'm like, okay, well, you can't just like go cold turkey and just drop everything and expect it to work. But you can start introducing little incremental things and implementing those incremental, you know, changes or um, things you want to try or put out there into the into the world and grow 1% at a time. And I think if you are willing to do that imperfectly and just kind of try it, it will lead to really cool things. Yeah. And, you know, I think too, it's also about honoring that there are times in your life when maybe you can move that needle Mm -hmm. in a big monumental way, Mm -hmm. but we don't want to then invalidate the times when 10% is what we can offer because 10% again is more than 0%. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there are times when big steps, I know that that's, I think that's chapter one of your book, isn't that (laughs) right? Right. Yeah. Um, Like big steps. Yeah, we can, we can do that. We're approaching a season of our life where that is possible. So taking that great big step is wonderful. But I think often we then over identify with that. We think, okay, I have to take a bigger step next time. Mm -hmm. Who Mm -hmm. says so? Right. Right. Who said that? Mm -hmm. Nobody. Mm -hmm. Oh, so sometimes you have to take a step. You might take such a big step. Like this was something I experienced a couple years ago that I can speak into was just, I took such a big step and there was such fast growth in one specific area of my career that I was like, wait a second, wait a second. I think I need to pull back in some areas. Like this feels overwhelming Mm -hmm. or this isn't healthy or this isn't serving the way I'm, or this doesn't even feel aligned with my, with what I want to do, you know? And so I was like, how do I, you, I almost had to undo and like take a step, like a half step backwards. And that feels weird. Like who says it always has to be a step forward. Sometimes the, the uncomfortable step we have to take is a little bit of a rewind to reset and really get on the right direction. 
Exactly. And that's moving the needle too. Mm -hmm. You know, that's just, that's pressing pause. That's saying, I need to like, take a second. I need to look at my surroundings and I need to reconfigure myself. Hmm. And, you know, maybe I'm recognizing that I moved the needle a little too far when I really needed to pivot right, Hmm. or I needed to press pause here. Hmm. And that, you know, that's okay. Like moving the needle is going to ultimately look how it needs to look for you. It doesn't need to look like anybody else is moving the needle. So Mm -hmm. if Sally Sue is over there and she's moving her needle at rapid fire, yes, there's a desire to compare and to trigger imposter syndrome. And also that's Sally Sue's journey. Mm -hmm. That's not your journey. Your journey is your journey. And you want, we want to honor what you can bring to the table Mm -hmm. for what that is and the beauty that it provides, because there is beauty in moving the needle at 1%. Mm -hmm. There's so beauty and pivoting. Yes. And making hard decisions. I've, I've heard it described like the way I've described my life. And I think I've heard several friends describe it this way, too. When you're saying like the pivot or the growth or the even stepping back or whatever that like direction looks like. Um, if it is moving the needle and it's intentional, then it matters. Um, but I've heard it described almost like a slingshot. Like there are seasons where mm-hmm. you are just flying forward and there are seasons where maybe you have to p- be pulled back a little bit, maybe make less money or be less productive or serve a less, you know, a smaller amount of people or whatever that looks like for you, um, to then be able to slingshot into really where you need to go. And I just have, I love that visual because I think that's just another way to think about like, okay, this isn't me failing or falling or, you Mm -hmm. know, giving up on things. It's learning what I need to let go and where I want to go. And I think those two things have to work in tandem. And I love it. You kind of brought that up because it's, I think it really simplifies the pressure we can feel to just go for it and just do it and go and like, or just give it up if you can't go for it a hundred percent. And it's like, I don't think that's the answer. And I don't think that's how really good things grow. For sure. And, and also honoring that sometimes moving the needle brings up growing pains. Mm -hmm. Like moving the needle isn't always going to feel like sunshine and rainbows and awesome. Like to keep with that visual. Yes. Sometimes moving the needle is pulling back Mm -hmm. that like, you know, I think people, engage in this perception that moving the needle always feels really, really good and euphoric and exciting. And then if we don't feel that way, then we're not moving the needle at all. Hmm. But that's not always the case. And we want to make sure that we're, that our own perception isn't getting in our way. Hmm. So true. And so, and that's why I always talk about resistance. Like it could be resistance from other people, other people's expectations, your fear of it, like coming up against a challenge, like not just giving up the second you face a challenge. I mean, it's understanding that resistance is part of, I think, growth and moving the needle. And we often think, oh my gosh, there's resistance. It must be bad. You know? So I think it's Mm -hmm. learning to discern that. And again, aligning with your values, as you said. So, so good. I love that you shared that. I feel like this is so tangible, but yet so like personal too. And that's what I love. Um, My last, last question. I know I said the last one was the last, but this is important. Okay. This is a little off topic. I'm kind of moving, but I want to know because you talked about like, okay, how do you take ownership of, you know, the baggage that you're carrying and the things you might Mm -hmm. be having to wrestle with? So I'm curious along with that. And this is kind of the theme I've been trying to ask a lot of my interviewees. How do you own your everyday? What does that look like for you in your life? What is one tangible way or one tangible thing that you are taking ownership of just your ordinary of where you currently are, your everyday life, you know, your daily practices, your daily discipline? Like what's one way Liv is owning her everyday? Ooh, so, okay, this is going to sound corny and it's not something I tell <laughs> I'm from a lot Indiana. of people. I can handle the corn, girl. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I have an alarm that goes off on my phone three times a day. Hmm. And I, when I was through like that really difficult season and I recognized just like how off kilter I felt into, like, I just felt very 
misaligned with my values and with the person I wanted to be, I recognize that the person I want to be is someone that's confident, engaged and fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And I have chosen that those are like my three words, like my three value pillars. And so because I'm a visual person and I can't rely on hope and I'm a huge planner. Like I'm, I have three alarms that go off every single day and it just has those words. Mm -hmm. And so it's just this, like this way of me owning my everyday of they go off and I can look at it. And let's say I was feeling fulfilled, but I was feeling pretty disengaged and not confident Then I can ask myself, okay, is there something I'm meeting that's going to make me feel a little more confident the next time this alarm goes off? Mm -hmm. Is there something that I can own right now about my experience that will allow me to feel more congruent hmm. with who I know I am and who I know I want to be? Hmm. So good. I love that you have like daily reminders or like actual tangible. It's not just this like idea in your head and thing that you said mm -hmm. one time and wrote in your journal, took a picture, posted on Instagram and forgot about like it's actually something that's being fed to you literally daily by an alarm. I think I've actually have an alarm on my phone, too, and I switched it recently, not in the same way. It wasn't for the same thing, but I'm curious. I think I need to do that. <laughs> but my current alarm in the last few months, I used to have like a reminder to pray like I would just say like mm -hmm. pray and because I, I wanted to do that daily. And especially in a season of pivoting and growth and career changes and trying to like navigate all those things, um, I was like, okay, that needs to be a, a priority. But I'm such a talker that I would like get that, you know, that notification and then I would just like do a quick prayer and like move on with my day. And I was mm -hmm. like, this isn't really working. I don't think this is who I really want to be because I'm not getting the clarity and the guidance or like the direction that I feel like a result of prayer should be, if that makes sense. Like mm -hmm. that doesn't mean it yep. always comes, but all that to say, I switched it and I changed it to, instead of my active role being talking, I actually changed it to listen. And so Ooh. my, my like daily alarm on my phone to remind me to, to start aligning with who I was made to be. I believe I was created to be something very specific and someone very specific. I started writing or my daily alarm that goes off is listen to God. And Ooh. it's just yep. like super convicting for me. Cause I'm like, no, I just want to tell him like what I want to do and where I'm going and da, 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 da. And to some degree that's true. I mean, I think there's an active role in that regard, but for someone like me, it was really powerful to remember like pause and just make sure like, Hey God, we on this, we good. Are we going like, just make sure I'm realigning with like is this, am I walking in who you created me to be? And even if other people don't understand that, or even if they're creating, even if that comes up with resistance, or even if that's hard, or even if that's, you know, doesn't make sense in some ways, like, am I, am I, I just need to listen. Like, I just need to remember right. to ask and to listen. And that was really, mm -hmm. that's been really helpful for me. Sometimes I like forget. I'm like, oh, I'll listen later. And then I like, don't. So <laughs> having the reminder is so helpful because then if I don't do it, like it comes up twice a day. And or it'll do like a reminder, like, hey, you didn't, you know, you didn't mm -hmm. like I, you didn't press complete or whatever the thing is. So I love that you have an alarm too to remind you like to lean in to who you are and who you're created to be and where you're going. I think that's great. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Liv, thank you so much for blessing our community with your wisdom and your ideas and all the tangibles. And it's just such a blessing and we're just so grateful. So where can everyone find you and check out your Insta where you are sharing mental health tips and all that you all that you're doing? For sure. So I can be found on Instagram at live, L-I-V underscore Mercer, M-E-R-C-E-R. -E and yeah, it's been it's been a joy being able to be on here. And I feel like, oh, my gosh, we could just talk all day long about so many, <laughs> even pockets of just today's conversation. Mm. So I hope that even just one person is able to take something away and whatever that needs to look like for them. I hope that there's at least someone out there that 
gets what they're needing Mm -hmm. by listening to this. I am more than positive that there will be probably many things (laughs) that people can take away. So (laughs) thanks so much. You're the best girl. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content and it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.